Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Got another dude! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-line you, bunch of dudes. A lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, season one, week 13. It was looking more like a husk fest at Fenway through the first quarter on Saturday, as the Eagles were playing more like turkeys, quite frankly, Matt. But once the tryptophan wore off, A.J. Dillon helped himself to an extra side of stuffing. And BC squashed the Huskies 39-16. to On today's special edition Thanksgiving episode, we'll talk Pukon, or Pukon, like UConn, official bowl eligibility, and why this weekend is a must-win. Yeah, I love that intro. I think, uh, I think you definitely hit on all the good points. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. You know, it was an interesting game on Saturday. I think it was not as smooth as we all wanted it to be, especially coming out of the gate. Uh, but at the end of the day, we did everything we needed to do to remain the superior team in New England, uh, and really beyond the first seven minutes, I don't think it was ever in doubt. Good teams win, great teams cover. That's what the Eagles did. Really not much to say there. They started out a little sluggish, but in the end, who cares? It's UConn. We won by a million, um, and that's really the story of the game. So um, anyone that's trying to have a, a negative you know, view on, on the game, just uh, yeah, you just got to relax. It's UConn. We won by 23. That's it. Yeah, Move on. A, a takeaway, and, and it is on the negative side, but a takeaway I have is that uh, Darius Wade kind of stinks. And I just, I know we've said this now a couple, a few times throughout the year, but uh, shame on us for thinking that he was the answer this year instead of Anthony Brown. I think it it, do, it does change the remainder of the season a little bit, you know, with, with Anthony. He, I, I think we felt confident we could beat anybody, uh, no matter who we're matched up with in a bowl, and just kind of keep it rolling. I think there is definitely a come-back-to-earth moment. Uh, with Wade, we still can play and, and, and beat anybody because of our running backs and because of our line and our defense. But uh, Darius Wade is is not going to be the guy to win us a game if we need a touchdown drive with you know two minutes to go, as we saw two weeks ago. Seven completions, fifty-five yards. That's that's four yards per completion. You know how hard that is to do. <laughs> it's legitimately it's legitimately impossible. Honestly, is that a record? Like, I, don't, I don't know how you even quantify that. Yeah, record. so like, so that was disappointing. His play to Garrison was nice. I guess we're going to hand out some credit. That was a nice, uh, ugly touchdown, but it but it was but it was fun to watch. Uh, but beyond that, he you know he, they did have some drops. Uh, the weather you know may have impacted the game a little bit, but he just did not look comfortable in the pocket at all. Um, and, and, and just in general, it's hard to get, you know, jacked up for teams like this. We saw it, you know, last year against UMass. Um, even that, I don't think they started out that strong against UConn last year. It's just anytime you're a superior team, superior coached, it's, it's hard to, 
get up for you know the cupcakes like this so i'm not worried about the, the slow start Who yeah cares? You, know, you know and again i'm not worried about it either i'm surprised a little bit i think at fenway like it is uh you know it, there should have been a little more probably juice in the building but i'll get to a booth the crowd wasn't <laughs> well, great but yeah uh, there wasn't <laughs> but you know whatever again I, I think i think you're nitpicking uh the positives obviously aj Dillon continues to be a grown man it was nice to see him do that against his home state uh that i'm currently recording from by the way so shout out to connecticut it is beautiful this time of year Small world, small huh? world, small world. Uh, and John Hillman is back, or at least for a game. So that was fun. I think good for him. You know, I think as 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 kind of uh, you know bad as he's been relative to what we saw out of him as his first year. I think you know by all accounts he still you know was was a good dude. So uh, you know happy and to by see the him. Way, happy to see him break out there. It's not like he's a below average running back. He'd no, be no, a no, fine no, running back. Right. But when you when you yeah, you have you know the breakout freshman year. We had much higher expectations. He was a top recruit, and B, you contrast him with Dylan. It's kind of like, all right, yeah. we've had enough of this exactly. guy. I almost feel for Hillman a little bit. Yeah, um, no, I completely do. But again, he you know he he stepped up, and he, you know to his credit, he hasn't you know complained. He's taken it all in stride, and uh, he's continued to do what what he's needed to do to help the team win. So that's all you can ask for. Any other any other last thoughts on UConn here? That, that's that's the end of my list. Good yeah, win. no, I th- you know, move on. Business as usual. Yep. No, again, I think with with the Thanksgiving week special, we have some uh, you know some stuffing and turkey to get going uh, down below. So we'll we'll definitely keep this episode abbreviated. And, and just to you guys out there, I want you to to really you know hone in on when Matt says Thanksgiving. He has this you know inflection in his voice where he really emphasizes the thanks. Thanksgiving. Um, so you, exactly, so just be on the lookout for that sure. every time he says it this episode. Yeah, that'll be my that'll be my obvious of weeks past, I guess. Just saying thanks. <laughs> um, all right, so I have I have a quick dude of the week. Uh, I want to just give a shout out. This is a little dude of the week, Eagles in the Wild hybrid, but just a shout out to Matt Ryan. He had himself a heck of a week. Had a very nice win over Seattle on uh, Monday Night Football, and uh, and there, he just announced what two days ago that he's having twins. So uh, congrats to the Ryan's, Matt and Sarah, both a couple of Eagles. Uh, on a on a nice week for the Ryan family. Uh, did you see the balloons? So he had a big number two balloon, and people were, uh, you know, <laughs> I, photo, I photoshopping the, the twenty eight and, and twenty eight and three. Yeah, that balloons. was that was unfortunate. That was, that was unfortunate, yeah. but they were know, they were kind of asking for it. For yeah, that exactly. I think that's I think he's going to be tied to that for the rest of his life, for for better or for worse. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, hopefully the twins will give him a nice little reprieve from twenty eight to three jokes, but it seems to not be the case so far. Uh, my dude, of the, I have four dudes. Um, the secondary. You know, they, they've just been playing awesome all year. I think they're leading the, the – or maybe they're second in the country in picks at this point with 17, which is just a million. That's so many picks. Um, they had three on, on Saturday, including a pick six. So, um, you know, that unit, it was nice to see them, you know, get rewarded. It's got to be no better feeling than, you know, a 70-yard pick six at Fenway Park. So, um, proud of all those guys. Yeah, definitely proud of those guys. A little disappointed that the nickname – the nicknames are not catching on from their perspective. I think we tweet at Lucas Dennis like every game, you know, calling him Lucas Big Swinging Dennis and just, you know, no response. So you would think that eventually that he'd say, hey, this actually is kind of a funny nickname. I get why it's funny. I get why it makes sense. Let's roll with it. Uh, but not the case. So a little bit of a mini poon within your due to the week there. Yeah, good one there, Matt. Um, all right, speaking of poods, uh, a lot of people are having issues. Um, a lot of people um, like, to, like to have issues when they don't exist. Um, the red shirt situation uh, with with EJ Perry, obviously EJ Perry is a true freshman uh, at Anover High. Represent, it's my alma mater. Um, you know, he, he got thrown in there in garbage time to uh, you know pretty much just hand the ball off, thereby burning his red shirt, um, et cetera, et cetera. Everyone's saying, why why are we doing this? Why aren't we you know preserving his eligibility? Um, and, and while I agree, it's kind of a bizarre move, right, to just throw him in there so we can hand the ball off. Um, let's not let's not make this into anything more than it is. He's a he's a he's a you know Massachusetts MIAA 
you know, Merrimack Valley Conference quarterback. Um, he, he's pretty much going to be Flutie 2.0. N- not Doug Flutie. <laughs> let's just <laughs> we'll take that clear. Yep. What's, what's his name? Uh, Troy? Uh, Troy. Troy. Yeah, Troy. Yeah, he's, he's Troy Flutie 2.0. Um, you know, and, and he's the backup, right? So um, Brown goes down. It's next man up. He's got to go in there when, when it's time for, you know, because we need Wade as, as much as you're hating on Wade. Um, you know, what if oh, Wade he's got clearly hurt the guy. Gar- yeah, no, I agree. He's clearly the guy. What right if, now. what if Wade got hurt in garbage time, right? Then people are saying, why wasn't, why wasn't that Perry kid in, you know, what, what, you know, that's bad coaching by Daz. You know, the starter shouldn't have been in there when we're up by 23. Right. And also, I mean, this won't come into play. We, we, he's, he's competing with Anthony Brown. Um, he's not going to, he's probably not going to win out that, that, that QB battle. Um, the only way it would come into play is four years down the road. And, and, you know, I'm hoping we can, we can get a better recruit. We got a couple of good recruits coming in. Um, so give the, give the hometown kids some, some snaps at Fenway. I know if it was me, um, I'd want to be in there, you know, snapping the fall, snapping the ball at Fenway. Yeah, so, that's true. um, I think, I a think, lot of good, a lot of good points there made by me, Matt. Feel free to, to counter argue. Yeah. Good job. Due to the week, Matt, for good points. Um, no, I think, I think, you know, it, it definitely seemed a little unnecessary at the time, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, good for the, good for the hometown kid. Like you said, I'm going to go my, my pood here. Was that your official pood of the week, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Or your pood of this week again, not to get everyone confused. Correct. I think that's been a big point of feedback we've gotten is that our dude of the week versus dude or pood is a little confusing, but you know what? We're 13 weeks in. If you guys can't figure it out, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Anyways. Also, also catching a lot of flack for, are you guys a lot of dudes or are you guys fourth and dudes? Sure. And, uh, that's and Matt, too, that's, that's, that's 1,000, that's 1,000% on you. Yeah. Um, you know, that's something we'll work on in the offseason. Yeah, we're too far gone here. So it kind of is what it is. Uh, maybe we need a coaching change so we can actually kind of rebrand, but we'll see. <laughs> don't you dare, don't sorry, you dare say that. Um, so anyways, my food was, was kind of a joint here, two things in one, uh, not bringing the band and just kind of the bad turnout in general. Obviously, the weather was, you know, a big factor here. I think I saw, so BC had 7,000 tickets. We sold all those. UConn had about 20,000 tickets, and then whatever, Fenway would have had the last, uh, you know, 10,000 or whatever. So I know we sold out our allotment. And, you know, quite frankly, the UConn section looked pretty full. I don't know if it was if it was 20,000 full. Um, so I'm not really sure where the divide happened. I'm, I'm thinking it was, you know, a weather uh, issue. People didn't come, but the official attendance was, was around 20,000. So there were a ton of empty seats. Um, again, the UConn section looked pretty full. But the outfield was completely empty. Uh, our section on the third baseline was very full under the overhang, but completely empty down below. Again, weather related. Uh, but overall, was a was a bad turnout. Obviously, compared to Notre Dame, which you know you couldn't fit another person in that building if you wanted Matt, to. I didn't see another single other BC fan other than our group. Did you see a single other? I, I, yeah, I mean everyone. I, I in our, everyone in our section was rooting for BC. Oh, really? I know we had a couple of cocktails before the game, but yeah, no, it was it was a pretty. <laughs> It was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty good BC. I was just, area. I was just thinking. I, yeah, I, I thought it was a terrible turnout by BC. I, everywhere you look, there was UConn fans, which I get. You know, they had the, did the majority of the allotment, but still, that's uh, that's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I would have liked to see the students show up. Uh, you know, it's it's obviously a cool, uh, cool experience for them since I assume most students did not get to go to Notre Dame a few years ago. Either they weren't in school yet, or it was just you know priced out. Um, so there was an easy opportunity there. And then again, I think not bringing the band. I think that's just a mistake. I think it would have been. You know, no cost, basically, to, you know, it's not like we had to fly them anywhere, just get a bus. Uh, I think it would have contributed to the atmosphere tremendously. And who knows, this may have been, you know, over everyone's head, and this may have been negotiated by, you know, UConn and Fenway, say, all right, we'll make it a UConn home game, so we won't bring the BC band, we won't bring BC students, whatever. But uh, it just didn't really feel like the college football atmosphere that I expected. Um, and I think a lot of that was because of a, of a weak BC turnout. Again, I think UConn did their part. Um, at least off the field, on the field, they did not do their part to make a good game. But <laughs> yeah, no, that that was that was my big point. And then I just want to give another little quiet one uh, to Marty J. Again, no email response. We're now over two on the year. 
We've had two very good emails. You can see it on our Instagram. Uh, I thought I thought we crafted it very nicely. It was it was around midnight, you know, after a great day where we were feeling optimistic. I thought we were very positive. We hit on some good points, uh, and we just we just haven't heard back. So I don't know. You know, we playing a little cat and mouse game. Uh, our dance. Did continues. you make sure it's set? Did you make sure? Because I know oh, it's Beacon set. Hill Pub. No, it's Hill Pub. Probably doesn't have the best Wi-Fi. Oh, it's so set. Just make sure it's not hanging out in your outbox. Yes, yeah, true. I'll check my spam folder for his response. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. So I don't know. I don't know what we have to do to get his attention. Happy birthday to him, by the way. If he is listening, I'm sure he is listening. So uh, we'll hopefully get him on the pod at some point this off season. Did you have any dudes there? Or was that that all Poots? That was all Poots. I have a couple dudes. I'll just run through them. Uh, Fenway Franks, best hot dog in the bigs. Haven't had one uh, in probably six months, so that's always nice to get back there. Yard House again. They hosted us the previous Fenway game. Uh, had another just awesome time, big, you know, 20 person table for our BC 2013 group. So shout out to Yardhouse. Uh, and then I know you're going to hate this one, but a, but a quiet little, uh, shout out and happy Thanksgiving to Boston college basketball off to a five and one start best start in, I believe over a decade. And Matt, that was just a huge win against Colgate. I'm psyched about that. All right, that. let's be clear about that. Colgate, an is, awesome win. Colgate has legitimate tournament aspirations this year. They played UConn, you know, to within a couple points. Uh, who UConn is bad at football, but they're good at basketball. And they had us down 17 in the second half. So let's be clear that was oh, a, let's, bra- let's brag about no, that. I'm just saying it would have been easier for this team to fold. Again, I don't know why you continue to root against, you know, the Maroon and Gold and the Harvard. You I'm, are. You like fake ball, um, but, you like fake ball not, but on, on basketball. So I'm, hope you can. I'm making observations because you're being complacent and you don't realize that we need a coaching change. Um, my dude this week is going to be a, a little bit of a humble brag here, Matt. Um, I, I'm sure you noticed I, I won the weekly pick em this week. Um, so Matt and I are in a weekly pick them with you know, 30, 30 other people or so. And this guy, Brady back ribs, that's his username. Has a, he's like a savant. He's won, I think six out of the 12 weeks, which if you, if you play the math, it's, I mean, that's just an incredible win streak. Um, I finally was able to one up him this week. Finally won. I think Utah covered late and I won on a tiebreaker over Brady back ribs. Um, so I think Matt, Matt, would you come in second, second to last? We'll cut this part. Last? We'll just keep moving. Um, all right, let's, let's run into some Syracuse <laughs> talk here. You uh, you have a few fun facts. I actually don't have anything here uh, other than I don't know. I, I have I have the alumni and all that, but I don't have any fun facts. So you want to? I, I don't like when you when you say, "Hey Matt, you have a few fun facts," not knowing if I have fun facts. I only have the, I only have the just one. the one, just the one. All right, just the one. It's, it's very it's very anecdotal. Um, my first ever BC game was uh, in 2004 against Syracuse. Everyone remembers the Diamond Ferry game. Um, that cost BC, uh, you know, the Big East championship as well as you know the. Uh, you know, the, the BCS bid, uh, Orange Bowl, right, Matt? No, no, Fiesta Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. So, Fiesta Bowl. Yes, right? um, just so shout out to Syracuse for, for ruining my childhood in 04. Um, that's why I kind of always view, you know, Syracuse is, is pretty weak at football. I know they're, what, three and seven this year, four and seven. Four, yeah, four um, wins. But I just, I, that's a rivalry game for me no matter what, every time we play them. So, uh, that's my fun fact about Q's. Uh, need a W this weekend. All right, so we are now joined by uh, one of our first sponsors, as well as my host and roommate for this Thanksgiving week, my dad. Uh, my dad is on to run through the notable alumni of Syracuse. He's a big listener of the podcast, so I wanted to give him uh, get a, a chance to get on and talk with us. So, Dad, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. I, I can't even tell you the honor to be sitting here as part of this uh, fourth and dude episode 12. The um, honor is... Yeah, it's episode 13. Um, okay. Thanks for listening. 12 was good. 12 was really good. I thought I was in on that, but you muted me out. <laughs> <laughs> you are the ultimate dude. So I am. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate on. it very much. Follow me on Twitter at any point. I think you'll like that, too. That's good. All right. So uh, so Syracuse definitely has a great alumni base, so it should be a good 
top six here. So we'll give the honors to our guest, Dad, if you want to start it off with the with the first overall pick. Yeah, I'll tell you what, guys. This is like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, of, of, all, of all your games, I mean, this almost has to be a one-hour segment in its own. But I'm going to try to give you a little education on some wild cards here that I think, you know, we could all go to the logical ones, never mind the athletes that we all know. But I'm going to start with Jerry Stiller, who growing wow. up uh, was known as part, half of Stiller and Mara, one of the first husband-wife comedy teams of all time. You folks, uh, your listeners in this demographic, might know him better as Ben Stiller's dad um, for many famous movies from... Uh, yeah, well, he's also in King of Queens. He's the dad in King of oh, Queens, Oh, well, let me too. finish. Oh, I'm sorry. Finish yeah, 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 I don't want to spoil. All right, sorry. <laughs> All right. Now, he is the dad in King of Queens, and his name is Arthur Spooner in that show. But more importantly, he is also known on TV as Frank Costanza, George yep, Costanza's right. father on Seinfeld. So I think... Uh, I'm just going to pull that one out because I don't think you guys would have gotten there without one. Yeah, he. Uh, I didn't have him on my list here, but he was he was definitely considered as an honorable mention. Uh, Matt, we'll give you the honors for the second pick here. Yeah, so I thought he was Mr. Costanza because you know how Jerry's dad is Jerry's dad in real life. I figured George was also George's dad in real life. No, that's like, Ben Stiller's dad. <laughs> ben Stiller's dad. That's, yep. that's, wow. Zoolander. Um, all right, I'll try to follow that. Uh, I'm going to go with Matthew Berry. Um, and Matthew Barry is the is the godfather of fantasy football. Um, actually, Matt and I have a very very crucial uh, matchup this week. Uh, third place versus fifth place. If I knock him, you know, if I beat him, I'll, you know, he gets knocked out of playoff contention. Um, Matt has all of his players playing on Thanksgiving, which is an interesting strategy. Uh, but Matthew Barry, Syracuse guy, um, it's kind of kind of re revolutionized the fantasy football game as we know it. So uh, so appreciate him. Uh, his work there. Yeah, good pick. Uh, I will keep this rolling. I'm going to go with Aaron Sorkin. Uh, he is a huge movie producer uh, for our generation, known as Uncle Aaron in D2, uh, when they try to sneak into the Beverly Hills uh, clothing boutique. But he's produced and, and been a part of about, or directed, I don't know, he's one of the two. Uh, I just have him on my list here. I didn't write down any, any notes. But uh, he has been a part of uh, hundreds of big hits. I think he was part of the Facebook movie. Uh, as well oh, as yeah. many others. So, yeah, Aaron Sorkin, definitely a big name in the entertainment world. That's a good one. I think there's a lot of other ones that you could have went to first. Yeah, there are, but I wanted to kind of save some for the guest here, too. I didn't want to I steal all the good ones. I don't think you're going to steal this one. Steve Croft, who's a correspondent of CBS I was not, 60 Minutes. I would not have stolen that one. Hey, he's the alligator guy, isn't he? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, Steve Irwin. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> you know, I think Steve Irwin passed away. He's dead. Yep. Yeah. Rest okay, in peace. Thank you. On Thanksgiving. So, Steve Croft, CBS correspondent, one of the originals, um, but, you know, more importantly, uh, he was outed for sexual deviancy, uh, having a horrible, uh, having an affair, um, uh, with someone, but more importantly on that whole affair thing, uh, that was before today's headlines were coming out. So he was kind of, he beat us to the punch, yeah, um, or beat, beat, you know, the, the media, uh, people to the punch with all of that. But he's famous, most famous in that whole outing, uh, of probably one of the, probably one of the most, um, talked about sexting text that uh, was ever made public. <laughs> okay. And uh, so he quote, he, he sent a text to oh, his... Oh, great. Here we go. We're going to get a live read. <laughs> We're going to get you a live read. To his girlfriend, who at the time looked a little bit like Beyonce, and one of his texts was, please don't dress like Beyonce because we're trying to you know keep this thing quiet. But his famous text was, quote, working late, just ordered out, would rather be eating your pudding. Oh, my God. So that turned into... <laughs> That turned into a whole, um, you know, expose into kind of what he was into. So, you know, we do watch him. It's still on 60 Minutes. We enjoy him. He's interviewed more presidents. He had a great interview with Clint Eastwood once that Clint, you know, basically walked out on because he asked him how many children he had. 
but you know Steve was known you know before the Anthony Weiners and the and the people that are coming out now for that. So I just thought you guys a little yeah, it's interesting, a little history. I, yeah, yeah you know what that was not going to yeah. that was not going to be on my list. I, and Matt, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I assume <laughs> that was not on your list either. No, so I had Matthew Barry. I wasn't going to follow it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate, by the way, I, and, and I, I apologize in advance to all your female listeners. If you want to edit that out, I got some honorable mentions after. We'll just mention the honorable mentions later. But yeah, Matt, you want to keep this uh, keep it rolling here. A uh, follow-up question. So, Lara Croft, isn't she the blonde lady on 60 Minutes? That's just lovely. Are they related? Uh, that is her name, but I don't think they're related. No, one is, I think, with a K, one with a C. Um, all right, next up, I'm going to go with Craig Carton. Um, he's a Syracuse alum, uh, most known for being the uh, you know the second second guy of uh, the sidekick to Boomer and Boomer and Carton. Um, but more importantly, and this is, uh, you know, the thing about me, this really... You know, overcooks my grits here. He uh, he orchestrated a Ponzi scheme uh, for two million dollars, some fake ticket scam. And, and you're the fraud guy. Minutes. Don't don't cross you when it comes to fraud. You, you, I'm just the one guy. You know, I I have this podcast. I also have you know a little crime stopping career on the side here. So um, <laughs> if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna commit fraud, don't go to a school that BC plays. You know, if you go to if you go to you know New Mexico State, uh, I'm probably not gonna find you. But if you're on a if you're on a schedule. Um, just, just don't, you don't want to do that. So. Probably don't want to sex, sex guy. Yeah, that's true. Sexting's not good either for you guys. You'll out that out. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, any, any negative connotations we'll usually find. I think yeah, last week Matt found the guy who wrote, you know, whatever, the, uh, the anti-Jew book. So we're kind of good at uh, fleshing out all the bad folks at our respective schools. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll find you if you're, if you're, you know, committing fraud. We'll, we'll find you. So shout out Craig Cart, um, just bad guy up there with, with Dave Dorn as far as bad guys. Bad guys and Eric Dungy too. Um, Absolutely. All right, I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change the uh, the tone here. Go back to the positives. Gonna give Uncle, Uncle Joe Biden. I'm surprised that he's lasted this long. Uh, six man. He would. He should be in the starting lineup. But I, again, I wanted to give the big names to the guests uh, that we had today. But no one took him. So Uncle Joe, the most recent vice president, uh, all around likable guy. It seems regardless of politics, everyone can get down with uh, with the Biden family. So. Uh, hopefully, and hopefully, is our next president. Hopefully, that would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Maybe all of our uh, listeners don't agree. Yeah, stick, stick to sports. sports. But uh, I, I agree with that sentiment. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid top six, and there are a lot of good names that I we think, that uh, we Joe left Sun out went there too. I think Bo, Joe, went, Bo, Bo also went. Bo also went. So, uh, right, I'm gonna do a quick call because I thought you guys would have gotten one of these, but I'm I'm calling it the Boston Sportscaster Triad, um, real quickly. So Dan uh, Roach. No, not on that one, Matt. <laughs> Give me a chance here. Let me get through it real quick. And uh, Joe Castiglione, right, the radio voice of today's Red Sox, who makes a base on ball sound like a home run. Yep, very you know, excited. Uh, very that. excited no matter what. Sean McDonough, who is actually, he started his career as the voice of the Red Sox. That was his first job before he got national. And then uh, now you guys are starting to enjoy one of my favorite uh, NBC sportscasters out of Boston, Bob Newmeyer, known as Numi who after his bout with cancer is now the voice of the Kentucky Derby and probably arguably one of America's best handicappers. So, um, and by the way, Matt, Matt, next to me, uh, Neumeyer was the voice of the radio voice of the Bruins through the 90s. All right, that's actually you a very good that. fun fact. I did, so not, just, I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you could, you could, you know, basically fill a, fill a dictionary with all the sportscasters that have come out of there, just to name other, uh, a few others. Bob Costas is a uh, father of an eagle, so we mentioned a few weeks ago how many famous eagle parents we have. Bob Costas is on there. Uh, Marv Albert. Weird guy, dresses up in lady clothes, but great announcer. Uh, Len Berman was a Boston uh, guy, too, way back when. And then then Dick Clark. I don't know if Dick Clark's still alive, but, but he hosts New Year's Eve when he is alive, so... Uh, that time is coming up for Dick Clark to get in the to get in the shot. And Mark, Mike Tirico, by the way, Mike a proud Italian American. He's not African American. He's he come out and said that he's proud, 100 percent Italian American from Brooklyn. 
Good question on Dick Clark. I'm not sure. Either he is no longer hosting, though. Unfortunately, he can't do that. I knew him or before. Or he's dead. Or he's dead. One of the reasons why. But uh, I knew him back in the American Bandstand days, which is where, you know, today's YouTube of music, where you guys get it. Saturday mornings at 11, American Bandstand. That's where we would get all of our rock and roll. All right. Matt, any other honorable mentions that we left off here? Yeah, I had, I had Dan Roach. I'm sticking my guns. Another, uh, you know, institution of, of Boston sportscasting. You left off your list. He's a hand over guy as well. So I don't know. Uh, shout out to Dan Roach. <laughs> I don't know. I Big don't BC so. fan on Twitter. And then the other one, we, we didn't mention, uh, Vera Farmiga, who is the doctor in The Departed. So, uh, oh, horrible Boston one. accent in that movie, but great film, great character. Uh, I didn't know that either. That's good. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Listen, I hope to do it again sometime. We'll do live studio when uh, the sponsorship gets a little bit bigger. After he gets a little bigger, we can uh, maybe build a studio for yeah, you. Yeah, we're working on, we're working on some good, yeah, we're working on getting some good microphones from that sponsorship money. So, uh, thanks again. Thanks again to my dad for joining. Happy Thanksgiving to, uh, to all out yeah. there. And one final notice, boys. Remember, uh, drinking's not the event today. It's family's the event. A few drinks are okay. Drinking is not the event. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, guys. All right. Well, thanks to my dad. That was a great segment. Uh, definitely Shout out to TC. Good. Yeah, they, those were those were electric. And they definitely have some good alumni in Syracuse. You, you can't knock them for that. Uh, let's keep it rolling into the travel ability rankings. I'll go first here. Uh, again, just to remind everyone of the scale, it is out of five residential vehicles, five RVs. Uh, with uh, you know, it's, it is Syracuse. They have four wins. It's Thanksgiving weekend. It's very cold in, in Syracuse this time of year. Uh, I'm going to go a low score. I'm going to give this like 2.2 RVs. I know it's a big game and I'm excited to watch it, but I would not be excited to travel to it. And let me just say too, I know there's been a lot of debate. Uh, I've seen on the blogospheres over the, over the, you know, really the past week talking about kind of the end of season rivalry game uh, and whether or not, you know, it, it should be Syracuse or, or, or whether or not it should be on the uh, last day of the season. I don't really care who we play. I just hate the home games. And I think we've been pretty lucky really since freshman year. I think we may have only had one home game, uh, on Thanksgiving weekend, and it was against Syracuse. Uh, would have been four years ago now. Remember or that? Three, or three years freezing. ago. Right. It was literally the the coldest day of my life. Right. It was sub twenty temperatures. It was terrible, and, um, and you get no turnout because obviously the students are gone. So I think BC or the ACC has done a good job of scheduling road games for us. I don't know why. You know, if they just know that you know, hey, it's BC, people aren't going to really travel you know far and wide for that. Uh, but obviously, last year we were at Wake. Two years ago, we were at Cuse, and then you know, I think it goes back. We were at Miami once, whatever. So. Uh, actually, speaking of Miami, 33 years ago, it was a Doug Flutie Hail Mary. So, uh, nice little memory there for the Eagles. But yeah, 2.2 2. 2 RVs, really not a game worth traveling to. But again, very excited to watch it. And it is, you know, a must win for many reasons, as we uh, might touch on in a bit. Did you say you're concerned about the weather, even though it's played in a, in a dome? No, I'm saying like for tailgating. Like, there's no, there's no point uh, in traveling up there and tailgating and sub, you know, whatever. Probably, I assume, I five you. degree temperatures. Yeah. All right. I got 2.7. Um, much for the, much for the same reasons. Uh, a lot of the allure of the uh, the Carrier Dome is that they serve beers in there. But now that you know alumni has that, I can do that. You know, from my couch. And by the way, my, like my, my couch being <laughs> your couch can my work couch being alumni. Right. Okay. But, that makes um, sense. Uh, so you know, you, you, you hit the rest of it. I mean, it's it's just a hike to get there and. Um, it is Syracuse. There's no history there or nothing important outside of, you know, Donovan McNabb or, or whatever. Right. So, um, you know, not necessarily a trip that, that needs to be made. I, I'd do it for basketball probably before I did it for football. Yeah. And what's that movie they made about they made about Syracuse? Uh, the Train or something? I don't know. It's a Disney movie. You yeah, I, don't, I don't think that exists. Man. It does. I've seen the, it does. The whole library. Something Ernie. Something about Ernie. I don't know. Some Syracuse guy named Ernie or something. And he was the train. I don't know. It's it's true. You can look it up. But anyways, they made a Disney movie about Syracuse football. So uh, believe it or not. Are you thinking the, the Denzel movie where he's it's the run, runaway train? <laughs> 
it's, it's similar, but I think different. Is it Ernie Johnson okay. or is Ernie Johnson the TBS guy? Ernie Johnson is the TBS uh, TNT basketball announcer. All right, Matt. Syracuse Disney movie. We don't have time for this, Matt. The turkey's in the oven. So the first result is Sinbad, Legends of the Seven Seas. <laughs> That's not it. Um, you know what? Just hey, you're we'll skipping we'll skip ahead. A notable alum. Yeah, That's sorry, mine. sorry. We'll keep we'll keep looking here, uh, and I'll, I'll follow up. But I know it does exist, and, and I'm sure many of our listeners do too. So, anyways, we'll keep it moving to uh, let's just talk a little bit about kind of what to watch for and a little preview of the orange. Uh, yeah. All right. So. Um, you know, they stink. They also beat Clemson. They're tough at home. Um, they have one of the best receivers in the game, uh, Steve Ishmael, who is probably a descendant of, of Rocket Ismail, right? Those guys? Yep, probably all related. Um, probably. Um, oh, he's Matt, gonna just win. really quick. Uh, it's the Express. It's the story of Ernie Davis. Got it. So Steve Ishmael, back back on him. Um, <laughs> he's he's going to win uh, some award for being a, a receiver. He's leading the nation, in, or at least the ACC, in, in catches. Um, the issue is uh, their QB is down and not just their QB. He's also their leading rusher. Um, you want to, you think Dave Dorn's a bad guy. Eric Dungey's just the worst kind of guy in the world. He's always, you know, talking trash and, and shoving people and uh, he's just the worst, but he's actually pretty good. He's tough to play against um, with the dual threat and all. So he's going to be out, which is huge. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not too scared of them. Uh, obviously our secondary is playing well, so I think they'll be able to handle uh, Ishmael. Yeah, the the injury is is definitely humongous, no question about that. Um, and, and you know, again, you look at the, it's a four and seven record. Yeah, they have that great win over Clemson. And you think about you know if you get rid of that, which obviously you can't say ifs, but I mean this is a three win football team. Uh, so really a pretty weak Syracuse team, especially compared to what we've seen in recent years. But with all that said, they do always give us fits, especially in the dome. But obviously last year they weren't a great team, and they still beat us at home. Um, I think we're obviously a better team than last year, but. Still, uh, it, it is always a tough place to play for whatever reason. I don't know if it's the you know the weird maybe the dome is like a weird style of football to play, whatever. Um, but overall, I'm I'm not super concerned. Again, it is a must win, like we talked about, because of bowl implications. I think that if we lose and we end up at six and six, that's a recipe for going back to uh, Shreveport or Detroit or you know playing Navy in a home game in Annapolis, which you know I don't really think any of those move the needle, especially after being in Detroit last year. Whereas if we win, we get to seven and five. We get to that tier one bowl game, or at least that's you know what, what people are saying. Certainly, there's a, there's a few other factors here, uh, including whether or not the ACC gets gets into the playoff. Which, you know, I, I I would be very surprised if at some point you know that breaks that it doesn't happen. But uh, a win gets us into a tier one bowl, which most likely means pinstripe, which would just be a great place to uh, a great destination to have after after Christmas. But the other bowls in there are, are pretty solid as well. Um, doubt we would you know get there, but something like Music and- City Bowl. Uh, you know, there's a few others in that tier one that are that are really you know exciting and, and good bowls to be a part of. And Q's, I'm not sure on this. I, I should have done more research, but they're four and seven, and generally five and seven if you have the sufficient APR can get you into a bowl. I don't think they have the sufficient APR because they're, they're not they're not bowl bound. No, People are saying if they lose, they're not going to a bowl. So no, they're um, they're, they're not going to a bowl. They're I, I don't think I don't think their APR is very high. Is just my guess. But, but I don't think know. it would I don't be know. you know at least up there. I mean maybe not the top, but it's Syracuse, right? Not not a bad school. Yeah. Um. But either way, I don't think they care if they could spoil BC season. That you know they're going to be coming right, out right, like right. uh, what's the expression coming out like uh, coming out like dogs fire firecrackers coming out like firecrackers no, coming out like a rocket. That's not it. No, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to come up with it, Matt. Um, one thing to, to just be on the lookout for if you're watching on the broadcast, um, the TV analysts love Dino Babers, their coach, so so they're going to call Syracuse. Just be on the lookout for this. A very well-coached Syracuse team. They'll be saying that a lot, so just something to keep an eye out for. A well-coached 
Syracuse team. Matt. Yeah, I think I think uh, Dino Babers was definitely pretty good on that national championship kind of coaches show that they did last year, the Daz on the past oh, couple of years. I Daz, think Daz, Daz is the best. Yeah, I think Daz, Daz is the best. Yeah, Daz and him, they didn't seem to get along that well. There was They definitely seemed to, bump, uh, to butt heads a little bit. So uh, something to keep an eye out for as well. This is now two weeks in a row uh, in which Daz has had uh, you know, some issues with his fellow coaches, obviously with Randy Edsel, not, uh, not shaking hands post post UConn game. Let's just roll right into the predictions. I have 30 to 19 Boston college, Matt. Okay. What's the line on this game? I think we're with three point favorites. Does that sound about right? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's what started at two and a half. Then it moved up to three and a half. Yeah. I'm going to go with about that same margin of victory as you, but I have much less confidence in our offense, especially after we saw last week, UConn has one of the worst defenses in the country and we only hung whatever it was 39 points on them uh obviously we might have stepped our foot off the gas a little bit but uh i just don't have a ton of confidence in this wave led offense so i'm going to say we only get up 21 points but i say we go 21 10 i think that without uh without dungy their offense is going to be severely weakened so saying 21 10 kind of a honestly boring game to watch but gets us to seven wins gets us to the pinstripe bowl uh, the other thing I'll say just quickly about the Bulls, too, I've seen some of the Bull projections. So obviously the pinstripe is supposed to be ACC Big Ten. You know, we had Penn State a few years ago. Uh, I've seen some of the Bull projections put us in the pinstripe against Central Michigan and or Akron uh, because, like, the Big Yikes. Ten doesn't have enough spots. So that would be awful. So that's the only negative thing to watch for there. But, yeah, I'm going 21 to 10. I think 11-point victory is about the right number. But, again, I just I have very little faith in our offense. And I also have no faith in our kicking game, by the way. So that's why I think we need to stick with. Oh, yeah, uh, we didn't even mention that. We didn't even Jeez. mention that. That was. I think that was for the best. It was uh, very ugly, and we'll blame the weather and, and hope for that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Matt, 30-19, I just I didn't have that written down. You, you asked for a score. I gave it to you. I, I feel great about it. Yeah, so, no, I, I, think, I have no qualms. I have no qualms not sure how you get to 19, but I'll let Syracuse figure that one out. A couple missed extra points. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's 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 it. Again, we wanted to keep this a, a pretty abbreviated episode. Obviously, everyone's you know away for the holiday, but uh, maybe some folks traveling back to uh, to wherever they're permanently living uh tomorrow after after turkey day so hopefully just give 30 minutes for you guys to get excited for the game this saturday uh hopefully hope everyone has a very happy and healthy thanksgiving eats thanksgiving. Lots of thanksgiving eats lots of turkey enjoys time with family uh and of course blocks off three hours to watch a uh, potentially boring game tomorrow for the eagles so uh pinstripe bowler bust at this point the road to seven wins not quite 10 wins but we'll take it it's always a great day to be a dude Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement of the restrictions apply.